Uh, you know, the way God works is sometimes he will use uh, inadequate vessels, uh, vessels that do not qualify according to man. God does that. I don't know why he does it, but he usually does that. And uh, do you know the story where the donkey spoke? Do you know that story, right? Okay. I'm not a human being, I'm a donkey. And uh, God may speak through me. So if you look at me, you won't receive anything. But if you look at God, you may hear something that may help you. Uh, Thank you, Pastor Steve, for the opportunity for giving the donkey to speak. (laughs) Hallelujah. The topic of uh, the speaking in tongues is a very controversial topic. It's it's very ugly. It's not good at all. I don't know why God put it in the scriptures, but it is really, uh, it's not a good topic. (laughs) It's crazy. It's very ugly. It's creepy. I don't like it. But this is what you got to understand with God. With God, uh, when you pray him to do something, he will do this. Number one, he will, uh, he will give you instructions. God, I want you to do this, this, this for me. I want you to take me at this level. I want you to take away at this level. What God will do, he will give you instructions that you need to follow to reach the destination. He does that. You will see in the scripture, people go to Jesus to seek healing, and Jesus will tell the person, okay, go do this. Go do that. Hello? So he will give instructions. That's the number one thing that God does. God want to go here, and God say, okay, do this. Then I'll get you there. Number two thing that God does, he uh, brings circumstances up. He does that. God, I want you to do this, this, and that, and then boom, he will create circumstances beyond your control to fulfill his plan, what you're asking for. And it's very important to understand how God works to work with him well. One man of God, I, I read his book, he said, understanding God better to, understanding God to serve him better. Even Abraham, as he worked with God here to understand how God operates, for him to know this is God, this is not God. And we got to know God uh, to, <laughs> to be able to, uh, to, to work with him. Sometimes we may miss God, not because God is not there, but because we're not understanding how he works. Interpreting God's language is very crucial. Okay. Uh, here we're asking to be vibrant church, powerful church. And then uh, God says, uh, how about staying and waiting and, and learning about this craziness called uh, speaking in tongues? How about that? No, we don't want that. Stop. <laughs> but God said, well, you want to become vibrant, right? If that's what you want and you want me to take you there, I go to present you what you got to do, so me, God, will do what you cannot do. All right. Uh, speaking in tongues is something I don't like. It is, uh, I am a Baptist, okay? I'm giving you my credential, so you know. <laughs> I am not a charismatic, I am a Baptist. My father was raised by American Baptist missionaries. So I am the fruit of your missions. I am your child. Okay? I'm the fruit of your missions. My father was eight years old when he, brought, he was brought up by American missionaries. His, uh, her name, the lady's name was uh, Margaret Eldridge from Pennsylvania. And then we were born. They gave my dad the name of Jack. My dad played organ very good. He became a minister, the church administrator. When, the, the, uh, when uh, the missionaries came back here, he continued to serve, and he was really uh, a big reference for all the Baptist churches. 
So that gives you my background. The speaking tongues for us was a no-no. Okay, so you understand that I'm not a charismatic. That's number one. Number two, <laughs> number two, I came here in, um, in the United States not as a refugee. No, I came here as a student. I came here to go to school. That's what brought me here. After I completed my college back in Africa, then I started preaching the gospel there, being moved by God. I didn't have any theology education, and then the government required me a theology education. And I don't want to tell you the entire story because of lack of time. I found myself here in Minnesota, called Minnesota, and uh, where I went to school. I completed my undergraduate, and now I go to a Baptist university, Bethel University in St. Paul, okay? What I do is the Masters of Divinity. That's what I do, all right? Maybe that will help you understand why I'm standing here, why. So maybe it will, it will, it will help you and it will help you. Uh, so not, ah, who's that thing? It's creepy. It will help you. Masters of Divinity. <laughs> I'm one step into the doctorate program if I want to next September. We study the Bible. I'm in the seminary there. I just completed, in fact. I finished. Uh, <laughs> okay. These are my credentials. And also to add something, uh, this man sitting here, he went to Africa. He saw uh, the part that we have played in uh, the awakening you hear in Africa. He saw it. Let him tell you the story of what he saw when we went there 2019. It, it's unbelievable. The videos are there. Pastor Steve saw it. So, in other words, the Lord has given the grace to understand some stuff. Okay. While speaking in tongues. So, we, what we're going to do is, uh, uh, what on earth is this? What is this on earth? You're speaking in tongues, what is it? Uh, Number one, we have to understand the origin of human languages. That's very important because it's about speaking in tongues, in other languages. Uh, we have to understand what is, where did the human, all those languages that we speak, where, where did they originate? When did they originate? Where, where did they, they come from? So the question you may ask is, uh, your forefathers, they spoke English. Who taught them? They came from Europe, war. Over there, then who taught them the language they spoke? Who? My grandparents, great-great-grandparents. How did they start these crazy African languages? How, how did it happen? Think about how many languages around the world, ethnicities around the world. There are thousands of them, and each one has their own language. How did they come about? those languages. That's the same thing to ask. So when I went to college in Africa, uh, I studied linguistics. So I speak a couple of languages, and uh, the, the, the scientists still don't understand how languages came about, different languages, how they came about. They can trace English. How did it become, how has it become the way it is? But it's impossible for them to go all the way to knowing how it was started being spoken. It's impossible. So that is one of the things that, uh, that proves the existence of God. Okay? So the expert linguist by the name of Chomisky, Chomisky, the expert language, linguistics, here, here he says that... Uh, Contrary to the theory of thinking that uh, languages were developed, uh, people grew in knowledge, they started using sign, and then the language started developing, and soon this English divided 
into two branches, and one group went over there with one branch, another group of English-speaking went with another branch, and then it is American English and then British English and so forth. No, no, that's not how languages started. Chomsky, the language expert, is saying languages, different languages in the world might have started just suddenly. Okay, scientists have no answer to it, but Chomsky seems to be right. And we have in the Bible the origin of the languages in the Tower of Babel. Hello? The Tower of Babel describes what happened. If we read in Genesis chapter 11 over there, verse 1 to 9, we don't need to read. You go there, you check, you'll find it, that people got together in the nation called Iraq. Over there, they, uh, they, uh, they had a plan to build a tall tower to reach God. Then they started succeeding. They built, 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 built. Then God came down and saw that they became smart and the project will succeed if I don't do something. They're going to succeed if I have to do something. Angel, let's go down and just scatter them right now. And God came and scattered them. It sounds foolish, but that's what happened in Iraq. So that you know, Iraq was not a, you know, some country the way it is today. It was a most powerful nation, the way America is today. Okay? So they were scattered around the world, each one speaking a different language. That's how the origin of, uh, that's what the origin of different languages. Then when I went to, uh, to Google, started researching, Google says this, Babel appears to be an attempt to explain the existence of, di di of diverse human languages. Of course, it is. <laughs> It explains the existence of diverse human languages. All right? Now, we talk about context now. Context of tongues. When do we say the word tongue? Language. In uh, the audience here, you will not say the word language or tongue if you're speaking English among you, the language that you speak. If you don't understand anything, you won't say, what tongue is that? If among you you're talking and you don't understand anything, what you ask, pardon me? I, I, didn't, I didn't catch you. Can, can, can you come again? But if I start speaking <laughs> my African language, you, you don't go, pardon me, no, no. You go, what tongue is that? What language is that? So, you talk about tongue when you are in front of the language you don't understand. If you are listening to an English speaker the way you are, if you don't understand something, you don't say, what tongue is that? Because you know, of course, it is English. You will ask in that case, what are you saying, please? But if I come with a crazy African language or Chinese language, you will go, what tongue is that? I can't understand you. So the word tongues already signaled you something strange. Okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. Something so, when the Bible talks about speaking in tongues, that tells you that it's not something familiar. It's not English. It's not French. Let's go, in fact, to the definition. Definition of the speaking in tongue. Let's look at the First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 to 2. If we could put that up and uh, see what it says. First Corinthians chapter, uh, chapter uh, uh, 14, verse... Uh, is it up there? Okay. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Very good. Thank you. Follow the way of uh, love. That is the Apostle Paul speaking. Uh, there's a context there that I'm going to clarify. It's very important. And uh, follow the way of love and eagerly, eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Desire prophecy. 
desire prophecy, desire prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue, desire prophecy. Why is Paul saying the gift of prophecy is more important? Because of the context of, uh, of, uh, of uh, the Corinthian church. If you read in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11, 10 and 11, you'll see the apostle Paul receives people that came from the current church, and he says this, I have heard, receiving the report, I have, I have heard from the people that came from the house, household of Chloe, I have heard that among you there is division. You don't go along, you fighting between you. That's the Corinthian church problem. They were fighting. They could not get along. Then the apostle Paul tells them, you need a prophecy because then it will exhort you. It will speak to you for you to come back together in unity. You don't need a gift of miracle. When people don't get along, miracle won't do anything to them. Okay? Speaking in tongues won't help them. When people can't get along, what helps them is prophecy. It goes like this. Thus said the Lord, you between you, our brother, why do you fight? Even I'm the Lord Almighty, I tell you to get in unity and forgive one another and I will be among you. That's how prophecy speaks. So that means an exhortation to tell you to get back together. That's the case of the Corinthian church. You understand why Paul is saying that the gift of prophecy is more important because it builds the church, it brings the church together. It counsels the church, it advises the church, it corrects the church. Now when somebody is crippled here, about to die like my brother who died from AIDS, he does not need prophecy, he needs the gift of healing. Okay? So, as a church, to be built strong, to be in unity, the gift of prophecy is very important. But as a human, as a, an individual, what is important to you, it's, it's not the gift of prophecy. It's this gift that we talk about, this gift. Okay. Now, it says this. Anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people. Here is the definition. So I wanted to, to let you know that it's very important to have the scripture and let the scripture speak for themselves. Okay? So what we're speaking here are things that are, are in the scriptures. If it is not there, let me know that no, that's not in scripture. Okay, look. Anyone who speaks in a tongue, foreign language, <laughs> does not, not speak to people. Does not speak. So, the audience is not the people when somebody is speaking in tongues. But the audience is who? God, exactly. God bless you, Papa. The audience is God. It's not you. We can't understand what he's saying. Well, you are not the audience. Originally, I speak French. Comment ça va? Est-ce que ça va très bien? Est-ce que les enfants ont mangé le matin? So I'm speaking to her in French, and you have no clue what we're talking about. Why am I speaking in French? She is my audience. It's not you. <laughs> the one who speaks in French speaks to his wife. No one among you understands him, because he's not speaking to you, he's speaking to his wife. <laughs> so now, how about now? Hey, how are you all doing now here? Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a round of applause. So, you are my audience. That's why I'm speaking in a language that you can understand. The one who speaks in tongues, people don't understand drama. Because their audience is not people, but their audience is God. That's the definition of speaking in tongue. So let me ask you a question. When somebody speaks in tongue, are you supposed to understand them? 
No. It's in the Bible. So the audience is God and no one is supposed to understand them. We'll come on this one. <laughs> uh, let's go down to our point, the, the, the following point. We're going to compare. We're going to compare the speaking in tongues that is in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1 and 2, where we were, the one who speaks in tongues does not speak to people, but speaks to God, and no one understands them. It's normal. That's what the speaking in tongues is. So now, <laughs> let's compare that to uh, the Acts chapter 2. The speaking tongue that happened in Acts chapter 2. If we read there, we see something very important. We see something very important. What happened in Acts chapter 2, we see something. The day of Pentecost, Pastor Steve had been preaching that the day of Pentecost came and uh, they were all in one place together. Then verse 2, suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seems to be tongues of fire separating. Okay, now, verse 4 says, All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began speaking in other tongues. That's verse 4. Now, watch this. Look at verse 7. Utterly amazed, people who came from different parts of the world, they start saying, are not these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them speaking in our own native language? Who taught them that language? Parthians, Medicine, Elamites, and uh, residents of Mesopotamia, Ju Judea, Cappadocia, and all those Pontus and Asia, they came from everywhere. They were hearing them speaking in the language that they have never learned. Look at verse 12. These people were amazed and perplexed. They asked one another, what does this mean? Wow! This is awesome! I see these African people, they've never learned English, but I hear them speaking in English. They're illiterate, never went in at school, but they speak English, I can understand them well. Wow! This is amazing, this is awesome. So, in this kind of tongue, they understood what people were saying. Now, look at verse, uh, verse 13. Some in that group, some, however, opposite now, they made fun of them. They said, they have had too much wine. Now, think about if somebody has too much wine, he's, about, he's speaking. He goes, ah, bah, bah, rah, eh, yeah, yeah, bah. How are you doing? You see, he will be spitting and things like that. Because I, I, I had been a drunk also in some time. But the Lord, thank God, he rescued me. So, they say, because we don't understand them, they, they, they must be drunk. They must be drunk. So, we see here two groups. Group one, what they were speaking, they were understanding. Group two, they could not understand. So, we compare that to... Uh, to uh, the speaking tongue that Paul is talking about in uh, Corinthians, we can see that in that group, there were those that Paul is talking about. They were speaking in tongues that people could not understand. They were speaking to God. And others, then, because people could not understand, they said these people are drunk because we don't understand what they're saying. In the same group, others could hear them very well. They said, yes, we understand what they're talking about. They were praising God. So we can conclude like this, that speaking in tongues are diverse. There's a tongue where you speak and somebody understands. But there are other tongues where you speak, you just talk to God. Let me ask you a question. When you talk to God, what are you doing? Praying, exactly. Papa, you, you made something. So, it is, when you're speaking in tongues, 
You're speaking to God, that means you are praying, that's what it is. So speaking in tongues that people don't understand is a prayer. Your audience is God, not people. And now, let's, let's, uh, let, let's get back to, uh, to that First uh, Corinthians chapter 14. Let's get back to that, that passage. It's very crucial. Now, we're going down into, uh, into the ugliness and the benefit of uh, the speaking in tongues. So, let me recap this. Diverse kind of speaking in tongues. One kind of speaking in tongues speaks directly to God where no one understands you. Another kind of speaking in tongues is the tongue where you will understand. If you don't understand, there is what is called interpretation. Comment ça va? Ça va très bien? Comment vont les enfants? Okay. What she's saying is that kids are doing well, thank you. So what I've done, a tongue has gone out. You don't understand because I want you to understand I, I bring in a translation, an interpretation. A tongue that is spoken, when I want you to understand the message, I bring an interpretation. That means I want you to understand what's going on. But if I don't want you to understand what's going on, I will only focus to the audience where you won't understand anything. That means I'm speaking to God. It's not your problem. If it is you matter, then what God will do, he will bring in interpretation so that you will understand the message. Is that clear? <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, the ugliness and uh, the goodness of uh, speaking, the benefit of speaking in tongues. Number one, the ugliness. The ugliness is, I hate tongues because it goes, I don't understand anything. Corinthians says, no one understand him. No one understand that person. No one understand, no one understand that person who is speaking in tongues. It's ugly, I don't understand anything, I don't need it. That's the ugliness of us speaking in tongues. That's why many people don't like it, because they don't understand anything. Okay? It becomes like a scandal. Second reason, we, we, uh, the ugliness of the speaking tongue is here. The one who speaks in tongues speaks not to man, but to God, but also he speaks mysteries. Hidden things. Secrets. When somebody is speaking in tongues, he's speaking secrets. You don't understand anything. He goes, wada, 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 wada. what is that? Secrets. Mysteries. Mystery is uh, a noun. Mystery. The mysteries. Plural. Noun. The adjective is what? Mysterious. <laughs> Something... That a mystery is a mysterious adjective. So, the speaking in tongues speaks mysterious things. Whoa, Christianity. Hmm. This is what I like. Christianity can be mysterious. Mysterious. Why is it that are they? Religion seem to be mysterious, but not Christianity. Christianity is mysterious. The one who's speaking in tongues speaks mysteries, mysterious stuff, hidden things in God. That's what he is speaking without himself understanding what's going on. That's creepy. <laughs> That's creepy. When I start swimming, no, oh, 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 I'm out of here. What is this crazy man speaking here? Mysteries, hidden things. I don't understand them, but God understands because the audience is God. Now watch for the benefit. This is what I like the most. The benefit, God, you brought something ugly, but with benefits that are awesome, benefits that are so powerful, benefits that are unbelievable. Hallelujah. First Corinthians chapter 14. Look at verse 2 to 4. 
it sounds crazy, that's true, but if you look at verse 2 to 4 of 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 14, verse 2 to 4, let's, uh, let's go there. Is it written or not? Oh, if it is not written, we can, uh, we can go with it. It says this, verse 2 to 4. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to man but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to man for their strengthening, encouragement, comfort, like I said. Verse 4. He who speaks in tongue edifies himself. Ha ha. The one who speaks in tongues, he does not understand what he's speaking, what he's saying, but what he's doing, he is edifying himself. The way edification means, you can hear the word edifice, a tall building, like the building at Mayo there. When somebody is speaking in tongues, he is building an edifice inside himself. That's what he's doing. What he's saying is crazy, but the, the outcome, the result is powerful. He is speaking, building himself, getting himself stronger. This is very crucial. Edification is not feeling good. No. Edification is building erecting something strong in you to make you stronger. That's what the speaking tongue does. Now, you know very well in the scripture what is the gift that God gave all his disciples the first day. They were filled in the spirit and they started prophesying, no. They were filled with the Spirit and then they start operating miracles. No. In Acts chapter 2, from verse 1, the Holy Spirit came. They started speaking in tongues. That was their only gift. Just check very well in the scripture. You will find that that, is, that was their only gift that God gave them. One gift. And the name is, they're speaking in unknown tongues. Read again very well. You won't find any other gift. So here is the question. Why would God, with all his wisdom, this is the beginning of the very first church, why would he, instead of giving them other gifts, or money, or power, or things, that, but he does not give them anything else, he gives them just the speaking in tongues. Think about it. Just the speaking in tongues is what he gave them. Why? Just one he gave them. They started rumbling, and people are mocking them. As they're mocking them, we see Peter standing up and addressing the crowd with courage. Why? Where that courage came from? From God. What has Peter been doing? Speaking in tongues. Start speaking in tongues. Maybe one hour, two hours then, he stands up, he starts speaking with bravery. Bravery came, follow, follow this, bravery, that power came from Peter speaking in tongues. It built him up. That is why the Bible said the one who speaks in tongues builds himself up. Gets stronger, the proof is there. Peter suddenly, without even preparing a message, he started preaching. He will not line up the way Pastor Steve lined me up and I went prepare the message. No, suddenly he started speaking. He spoke with insight that were very powerful. This was an educated man. He didn't know how to read. But you look at the preaching of Peter in Acts chapter 2, it was powerful. Where did it come from? Because he has been building himself in speaking in tongues. Okay? Oh, speaking in tongues is not important because it's just for yourself. No, 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 no. Look, I cannot encourage you, build you up if myself I'm not built up. For me to be able to tell you something that will move you, I have to be myself moved first. 
When I'm strong on the inside, then when, when I communicate it's powerful in you, it will do something. Then after Peter spoke like that, the following day, watch what happened. They go to the temple, they see a crippled man in Acts chapter 3. Peter says this. He asking for money. Peter said, I don't have money, but what I have, I'm giving you. In the name of Jesus, stand up and walk. Hallelujah. Peter has never done that before. Even while Jesus was alive, Peter never did something like that. But what's now? A crippled man, born crippled, never walked, has been at the, the gate of the temple forever. Everyone coming there, only happy is to give him money. But Peter comes for the first time ever in his life. He looks at the man. He says, I don't have money that everybody else is giving you. But I got something. Rise in the name of Jesus. The man stood up. That's unbelievable. Why? The secret is, Peter has been doing what? Speaking in tongues that beat him so strong. <laughs> No, 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 no. No, 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 no. People, brothers and sisters, we have no idea. The very powerful thing that we neglect are the very thing that gives life. I mean, God chose that. I don't know why he chose it. Very ugly stuff, but powerful. Let me tell you something. You can get to a place where you know. It's not about, oh, I believe God is with you. No, no. You can get to a place where you know that God is with you. Where you can feel him. Peter said it. What I have. He didn't say, I believe in Jesus now. No, no. He said, I have something. I feel it. I feel it is about to come out. I feel it's going to make all your ankles and, and joints just straight. And it happened. Ha <laughs> ha. The speaking tongue broke, brought that. It is powerful. See, I hated this. Christianity is not about the law. We, are, we don't agree with abortion. We don't like gay marriage. We don't. That does not define us as Christians. I know non-believers who don't commit abortion, who don't like drinking, who don't like this, this, and that. Christianity is the very presence, dwelling presence of God in you. Then that substance of God is in you. The power that it will bring it will make you obey God and hate sins. It's not starting to obey God, then you become gods, you, be, you start belonging to God. No, no, no. It's you belonging to God first with your sins. And then his presence in you will lead to obedience. Otherwise, you go back to the Old Testament and start teaching you. You don't do that. Brother, how did you do that? No, you don't do that. We are Christian. You're not supposed to commit, you know, to, to, to fall in fornication and, 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 uh, and uh, fornication and pornography. We are Christian and things like that. The brother can hear all those words. What is lacking is not the understanding. What is lacking is the power to overcome. Every one of you, you know drinking is wrong. Fornication is wrong. Pornography is wrong. Lying is wrong. Every one of you know that. But how come we're committing those things? It's not the lack of knowledge, but it's the lack of power. The self-edification is not there. There's a passage Pastor Steve kept on uh, repeating. 
in the book of Luke, chapter 24, verse 45 to 49, says this. Jesus, after spending three years with his disciples, he's about to go back in heaven. He says this. Stay here and wait for the power until you are clothed on, until you are clothed with the power that comes from on high. It says that. In other words, what Jesus was saying, three years of teaching with me is not enough. It has given you knowledge. It has awakened you. But it does not give you power to overcome. The power to overcome has to come from heaven. It will beat you, jolt you, and then you'll be able to ride the wave of the world, the attack of the enemy, anything that the devil brings. Ha! Huh. I, 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 I don't know how I could live Christian life without the speaking in tongues. Because that's when I'm building myself. That's when I'm, I'm being myself. Let me say this. Jesus says that uh, you will receive power and the Holy Spirit comes in you. You will receive power. That means you will receive God's kind of ability. When you hear Jesus say it, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in you. It is God's kind of ability that will start dwelling in you. You weak vessel, you human being. Bring in those balls quickly. Watch something here before we close. You see, uh, the teaching is long, but uh, I'm going to stop there. Whatever remains, remains. Will you come back to that or not? It doesn't matter. I don't care. But let me show you something. Bring in that bucket quickly. There are two balls here. I play soccer. Okay. Watch. This is the world. This is you and me. Okay. Look. You got to stay away from the world, okay? We are Christians. Don't be stuck in the world. Try to jump outside of the world, all right? Can't you listen? I told you, I mean, a series of preaching I gave you. Why can't you listen? I told you, you got to, to soar away from the world. Okay? Stuck. Watch this one. Stuck. In first, in uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 5... Jesus said, very good, John baptized with water. John baptized with what? The purpose of John the Baptist was not to empower. It was to cleanse sins. This is Bob full of sins. Look how ugly. He goes in the water baptism. He's dipped there in the water baptism. Let's see. In the water baptism. Hallelujah. Oh, water baptism. Look how he's shining. Woo! Hallelujah. All the dirt is gone. Hallelujah. Yeah, by the blood of the Lamb. But now I'm asking you to stay away from the world, okay? Can you hear me? Yes. Stay away from the world. You got baptized, right? Okay, stay away. I'm giving a new teaching so it will help you. Come on. Okay. John baptized with water. But you, in, the few, in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens here. Let's see what happens. 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 John baptized with water. 
But you in a few days, 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 you in a few days. Let me give, 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 let me give. Come, 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 ball, come, ball, come, come, come. But the idea is, if I fill this with enough air, what's going to happen, do you think? It will bounce, right? It will bounce. It will roll. It will continue to ride. It will do marvelous in this world. I don't have time to feel it entirely. But you got the idea. It will bounce. Boom. 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 This one will be stuck here. But this one, if it fills, you see bam, 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 everywhere. Bam, bam, bam. In the world, riding, overcoming the devil. The devil cannot keep him grounded. Hallelujah. We're going to stop here because of lack of time. We may come back if we are given the opportunity. Self-edification, that's where I stop. Let me tell you something. The love of God that somebody feels when they are speaking tongue, built up themselves, it's powerful. The devil can never hold them down. The devil is not overcoming you because you don't love God. No. You love God. It doesn't matter how even Jesus himself preaches to you you will still fall. The engine has to start from within that empowers you. Let me, please, keep this to yourself. I've spent, okay, James, when have you seen me fall sick? Huh? Have you seen me laying on the bed and sick? Huh? Speak louder? No. Who have been married with you? 20 years now. Tell me a day where I lay in bed sick. Huh? Are you not saying this because you are my wife and trying to please me? You, maybe you're not my wife. You, maybe you will learn. How long have you been with me? When did you, have you seen me? I have flu. I can't this and that. I'm not boasting, but I'm giving a testimony of God. Why? When you hear about the one who speaks in tongues, he defies himself, but that's what it does. It can equip you to a place where you, you I don't want to limit by giving those short testimonies. It's powerful. It's very powerful. I don't know how else to say. That's why God gave it to the people. Depression should be gone. You're not supposed to be in depression. This one was set free from that. That's what it goes for. I never felt depressed for so many years now. Among you, I'm the poorest. I don't even know. I don't even have a health care, health insurance. It's hard for me to say that. But I don't panic. Why? The building. Look how skinny I am. You can lift me just with one arm. Lift me up like that. Very underweight. My children weigh more than I do. But if a doctor walked here, you look at everybody and say, hey, you... You sick. Let's go sick. You 
said, you out. You are sick. The doctor will say, all of you are healthy. I am the sickest among you. That's what the doctor will say. But on the inside, you have no idea. The building. God's kind of ability comes in you. Tomorrow, I will die tomorrow after tomorrow. I may fall sick. But so far, 20 years plus, nothing. No headache. I don't know how somebody feels headache for me. I'm telling you the truth. Nothing. No cold. Nothing. God is alive. Alive. There's some of you who speak in tongues already here. But you know why you, you don't express it? Because you are afraid other people are going to look at you. Stop that. You try one more time we can get out of the church. But it's sad. You know that if you allow speaking in tongues, God will start revealing to you things you could never have known. Powerful things. You allow that powerful stuff that's happening. You, some of you will not go waste money at mayor. Let's stop here. Sick that speaking. <laughs> ah, no. We'll come back later on about it, God willing. All right, let me close our service this way. Thank you, Pastor Bob, for sharing that. Yes. And um, I don't know why we're so scared of the things of God. But we are. We are. We're scared of the things of God. And they're mysteries, right? They're things that don't make sense to us. And so I think it's good to open up the Bible, to study things, to preach things, um, maybe that are uncomfortable for us or we haven't heard before. And um, I think it's important that we, we look into the things of God and um, so that's what we did today. I, for one, want to continue to read, want to continue to explore, want to continue to understand all the things that God has for us. And I don't want to pull up short. I feel like uh, American Christianity is a Christianity that is weak, it's feeble, um, and it's very man-made, and it lacks power and strength. And I don't want that. I don't want that kind. I want the kind of uh, authority and Christianity that I see in Scripture, which changes people from the inside out and everyone around them. Right? So that's what we're going for here at Lift Church. If you're all about that, then you'll be here a long time. And uh, we're going to continue to study God's Word and to see God do amazing things in Jesus' name. So that's what we're hoping and uh, we're going to wrap up there. I appreciate Pastor Bob. I'm going to be back in Acts 2 next week. And like he said, we'll have to give more time uh, to this as God uh, sees fit because there's more to study and explore. If you have questions, if you'd like to talk about it, Pastor Bob, myself, we can be down here in front um, and ask. You can ask. You, we can take you to scriptures. You can ask us any questions. It's great. And um, we love you. Right? All right. I'm just going to end with that. You are loved, all right?